0: Politics has an essential relationship to sublime objects, and that's what's crazy. And so the subtitle of Zizek's second book was Enjoyment as a Political Factor. Problem is that book has very little to say about enjoyment as a political factor, but um, Sublime Object of Ideology does. That that should have been the uh, subtitle for Sublime Object of Ideology. So here's the whole point. Again, politics is the politics of enjoyment and once you start to see how politics is always trying to produce scapegoats like oh here's why we we're not enjoying right it's these mexican immigrants or it's the jews or whatever right there's always a scapegoat to blame on why you're not enjoying or why things have gone wrong and politics is based around that and the politics that does that is always it's rightist politics for the most part okay um recently we see maybe instances of this on the left but of course leftists do something unique when so a lot of the time and todd talks about this in his book on identity politics a lot of the times leftists still operate in a form of rightist politics because leftists they'll just internalize the scapegoat whereas the you know rightists want to say oh it's this marginal group over here that's not the 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 majority of society etc leftists will do this same scapegoating thing but it's oh they're not true leftists they're counter-revolutionaries they're you know this or that or the and so like do scapegoating other leftists
1: Uh, i'm gonna save all my thoughts on this for for a future chapter of a book because i just i at this point i'm like i don't I, I think that I don't I don't I don't know how he could possibly maintain that but I have to read his book first so
0: we'll just move on We're tr- we got to get back to Žižek here but well the point is I mean Žižek sees this this kind of thing happening too on the left but um anyway so the point is politics of enjoyment it's based on how it t- indicates or uh, most now look do politics actually sit there and talk about juizance? Of course not. But it's always trying to tap into our fantasy space about what society could be like or what we could have if this or that or the other was um, if the, if these events occurred, right? If these changes were made. Right. So for Jack to understand politics is to understand how jouissance factors into it. So what so then okay every social order has built-in antagonisms or built-in symptoms as he calls them right so in a sense these are the real deadlocks of a symbolic order that every every society has built-in problems or built-in inconsistencies into it and so what ideological fantasy does is conceal these points of antagonism or disruption or inconsistency and so ideological fantasy therefore it it, it answers it tells us how to desire it tells us okay all of these things are wrong all the people around me that i care about they're they're going through problems or they have lacks in their lives this is what i need to be in order to fill in these lacks in order to satisfy the desire of the other. So it's like ideology is telling us how to answer the question of the the other's desire. It's telling us what we have to do to make other people around us happy. So, I mean, that's part of the appeal, right, is because, I mean, and this is later down in the lecture, but trying to answer the question of the other's desire is incredibly enigmatic and anxiety provoking. So, the point is, ideology relieves this anxiety by giving us various answers on what we must be to in order to make other people happy. In consumer ideology, it says you need to be successful and have a cool house and do all this stuff, and then you will satisfy the other's desire. You will be worthy of desire, which of well. course, the problem is like, um, that doesn't guarantee anything for you. Like, you I mean, the whole point is you can have money and a nice house and everything and you're still miserable. So it's not actually an answer to anything, but it's the illusion of an answer. And so that's the appeal of it. You're talking about uh,
1: how ideology for Zizek, but you were also talking about McGowan, um, one of the main things that it does is it has this story about how we have to be or how other people have to stop being in order for us to be able for everything to work out so that we get the things that we want or or
0: can experience our is it am i on the right track here basically right like that's the whole point if for me to be fully satisfied is for me to satisfy the desire of the other whom i desire to desire me i know it's the it's a bunch of wordplay here but the, as he puts it desire is always the desire of the other well right. there's privileged people in our lives who we desire to have desire us in various ways it doesn't oh, mean yeah, yeah. sexually but it, i mean whether a friendship or whatever and so you never know what you have to do in order to satisfy their desire right well ideology comes along and says Here's what it here's what it is to satisfy the desires other <laughs> the desires other. That's a fun slip uh, uh, to satisfy the desire of the other. okay. Cool. And so, and then like, I mean, it's funny we a lot of the, what I have to say now has we've already talked about because we just the conversation went there. but I'm gonna just bullet point a couple things real quick. just as refresher. again, Ideological enjoyment—that's the key thing for Žižek's theory of ideology. Again, it's not just meaning; it's jouissance. Um. Let's see what else we've talked about. How reality, um, ideological reality, which is the same thing—like ideology is reality, reality is ideology. Um. It's it's reality minus the traumatic real that's secretly. And virtually structure society. Like that's what ide- ideology gives us. And so <clears throat> this is like the trick, right? Our spontaneous reality, social reality, our world as we know it, is itself ideological. And so in the perverts guide to ideology, if you haven't seen the movie, I highly recommend that one too. Zizek is sitting there and basically he's explaining his theory of ideology through references to great scenes in movies. And so maybe the greatest example of the critique of ideology is in John Carpenter's classic film, uh, They Live, starring the one and only Rowdy Roddy Piper, R.I.P. So in the movie, Rowdy Roddy Piper is walking around And he's, he's named John Nada. Nada means nothing. He's kind of a nomad. And so gets a job, stumbles around, um, and he stumbles across a box of sunglasses that are tucked away in a church. I believe it's a church. Um, and he takes this box of sunglasses, puts them on. And what he finds is that when he puts, puts the sunglasses on, All of the billboards and magazines that he sees in his imaginary symbolic reality, he puts the glasses on and he sees like the real unconscious message behind all of it. So like, for example, on, uh, he sees a guy holding some money and when he puts the glasses on, instead of seeing like the standard images on the dollars, um, on the money, he sees, it It says, this is your God, right? And so on all the billboards, he sees stuff like marry and reproduce, obey, consume, right? Like, he's basically tapping into this unconscious dimension of the reality itself. And so that's what the They Live Glasses do, is they act as ideology critique. But Zizek's point here is how he differentiates what he's doing from Marx because yeah, this is huge. This is huge. Right. So for Marx, he thinks that we basically have access to reality, to the truth of things. And then through ideological manipulation, we come to see certain things in a distorted way. So wage labor, right? The reality is, is that it's a brutal form of exploitation, but through liberal, ideology it gets transformed into like uh a moment of freedom oh we coming together how many contract say what were you talking dave no um and just brought me a chai
1: latte latte say say hello hello okay. <laughs> so this is
0: where i thought i heard you talk i don't know okay
1: i um, but the I point is i don't i don't i think i think what might have happened was you heard yourself talking uh-huh. I. i think i might have somehow crossed hairs on uh Oh, always okay. meter so my bad but yeah anyway and brought me a latte and it's awesome and i would put you on speakers so that she could hear you but i had myself muted and you were on speakers and all of a sudden you could hear yourself and so we will not. okay i can just put my ear up to hear I, and listen <laughs>
0: yeah so here's the point right so ggx point against marx is that marx thinks that our default setting is access to reality or the way things are without ideological Distortion and then ideology comes along and gets us to see certain things in a distorted way. An example is wage labor, right? But for Zizek, reality itself, social reality, our spontaneous experience of things is itself ideological and it takes like a supplement, like the they live glasses. We so there's the difference, and he says this in Herbert's Guide to Ideology for Marx. It's like you take off the glasses and then you see things how they really are. For Zizek, you have to put on glasses to see things as they really are. The the point is, ideology goes so much further down for Zizek than it does for Marx. That ideology is basic spontaneous reality for us, whereas for Marx, it's like a cognitive or miscomprehension. Like, okay, you think about somebody who just has a mistaken idea, david lynch is the movie director who directed blade runner and then you just say uh, hey yeah you know, he didn't that was you know wrigley scott wrigley scott directed blade runner and the person goes oh okay my bad it was a mistake like <laughs> gg's point is like that is not how you do ideology critique if, if it was only that easy to break people out of ideology the point is ideology is not like the false consciousness like of oh i've just been taught to see thing a certain thing in a mistaken way no, 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 no. Like our whole sense of worldhood is rooted in the ideology of that worldhood. And it's far more traumatic to confront ideology than it is to like, it's not traumatic to realize that, oh, you thought one director directed a movie and somebody corrected you. That's not traumatic. But to confront ideology is thoroughly traumatic because it involves these fundamental forms of our enjoyment and like the way we enjoy is actually why we are exploited and like we enjoy our own exploitation all these kind of things that's far more traumatic and so yeah that's that's basically the point I wanted to make with that but um and then of it's course the pure our, go ahead. I'm gonna
1: go <laughs> thank you for bringing me the latte thank you for your zija compression as well We only had a couple on this stream, so we're doing a good job. In an attempt to bring in new people to the world of philosophy and theory while building on relationships already established, we are doing a countrywide tour of the United States this fall. What's up, guys? It's Anna Dave! Are we coming to a city or a town near you? Do you think there is a venue or audience in your local region that would be interested in a lecture or facilitated discussion about existentialism, critiques of therapism, PMC ideology, self help, introduction to philosophy, or the time energy critique of any of those things? This speaking and discussion facilitation tour will include. The Pacific Northwest in mid-August. The Kansas City, Missouri area late August or early September. Philadelphia at the beginning of October. And really, we're going to be all over the area there, hopefully. So get in contact with us if you think that we should come visit your state. Phoenix, Arizona, mid-October. In SoCal, especially San Diego, late October. I say especially San Diego because we already have our guide for the San Diego region. What's the difference between a host, a guide, and a volunteer, you ask? Well, thanks for asking, actually. The volunteer role is for people who wanna put up posters or in other ways promote the events that will be occurring in their town or city. Whereas the host might have a guest bedroom, guest house or a place that we can park our van so we can sleep in our van. We need to know if you would have like bathroom facilities or anything like that. And so the form on the website is where you can tell us what you have to offer. Guiding, on the other hand, though, people who love to guide take a lot of pride in their local knowledge. A good example of that would be Michael Downs when I visited him in Raytown, Missouri, and he took me into Kansas City. We had barbecue and he took me to the mall and to all these other landmark places from his life growing up there. Um, But a more recent example would be my friend Michael in Poland, who took us around Katowice, Poland and basically gives a historical and sociological analysis of everything. And it was amazing. It It was one of the coolest things we've ever experienced. And it made us realize some people just want to provide the space and privacy, whereas other people want to take you out and show you around. And so if you're interested in being a volunteer, host or guide, we have a special form for that. So please fill out your information and uh, get in contact with us as soon as possible so we can fit you into the schedule. Cause we'll love to meet you, touch base with the local community And if you don't think anyone else in your area is interested in the things that you're interested in, if you don't think anyone else is into this stuff, well, we might be able to surprise you.
0: When I saw that poster, Boldrillard in Boise fucking Idaho, are you kidding me? It was virtually an an answer to an unspoken prayer. You know, really was. And I just couldn't believe that somebody was interested in the things that I was interested in, that I had been interested in for years and had kind of given up on in in futility. I'd labored in solitude for so long, I had no one to talk to about it, no one to bounce ideas off. This
1: tour is going to bring together a lot of people who want to be based in text with the people they're in conversation with. and. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fantastic year. The only other thing that I want to say is that Michael Downs' first book is going to be published by Theory Underground really soon here. I've got another book coming out really soon here. These books will be spread throughout the United States on this tour. So I'm hoping to be able to do some actual book launch events at various bookstores. Outside of that, I guess the last thing that I would say is that Michael Downs' is gearing up to teach For They Know Not What They Do by Slavoj Žižek. We're putting out all these introduction videos and other interviews related to the topic of Hegel, Lacan, Žižek because we want to give people an accessible and sturdy basis in the discourse. The problem is, is that Michael Downs is very busy having to work at a wage slave job and so if you want to help in freeing mikey make sure to go to his patreon at patreon.com forward slash the dangerous baby and make a donation thank you i would be remiss to close this out without a quick shout out to our patrons and our anonymous donors thank you so much for the donations already we've only been around for a month we already got over $3,000 in donations, um, and so thank you. And uh, stay tuned for the app, which is on its way. There will be a Fury Underground app. So the current setup is that it is a social media site built around courses where you can suppose that people who are involved in the discussions have a shared interest in the same or similar texts, and where you can assume in a lot of the discussions that, yeah, people have read the stuff that you're reading, uh, that you're bringing into dialogue. And so, uh, for instance, the idea of the university by Carl Jaspers, dedicated forum. Slavoj gjx for they don't know what they do, dedicated forum. And then as people take the course over the years, new people will be coming into that forum. And so if you get in there early, you'll be able to see how the conversation evolves. And as new people add into the conversation, it'll bring back memories and like things that you want to work through, questions that you had with the first time that you read the text. And so I'm really excited for this. The reason I've built this website is because I think that this is what's lacking in so many other spaces is that ability to return, to be able to communicate after the fact and in a sustained way on a platform that's not attention grabby and annoying like Discord. And so stay tuned because there is an app on the way. Thank you to our donors. If you want to donate, go to theory-underground.com forward slash support. Thank you.